Sorry, we're closed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode 42 of Sorry We're Closed. And I've got now a good friend of mine, Mr. Giraffe Neck Mark, Mark Luino, right? Luino is the correct pronunciation. Yeah, you, pr- you pronounced it right. I mean, most people screwed up on the first shot. I'm from so. Jersey. <laughs> and, you know, I know how to pronounce Italian last names. Uh, but welcome to the show. I know we did a show uh, together during the summer that uh, we just talked about pre-show, that it was my fault that this it ended uh, and I apologize deeply to all of our fans, but uh, listen, it's, it's been a long time since me and you have done something together. And I, I thought about it a couple of days ago. I was like, I got to text Mark to come on the show. So <laughs> here you are. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah. I mean, our, our baseball show is great, but it's good to be on the you know personal podcast now. Yes. The personal, my baby, this is my baby. This is what I've done and worked so hard for. I can't believe it's already December. COVID yeah. makes shit fly by. I was talking with my like my roommates and we were talking about how this has been the fat the longest shortest year of all time. Basically, oh. how like it's moved so fast and so slow at the exact same time. I don't know if we'll ever have anything like this again. I hope we don't. I show you and me both. <laughs> I was I mean I've talked about it a bunch of times on the podcast because again I don't really talk so much baseball here. I talk a lot of like business talking you know stuff that I go through. Just kind of I put it under uh, I don't know if you have a podcast, but I put it under my under like they have like sections of podcasts. I put it under personal mm-hmm. journals. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Really off the cuff. A little different. Uh, yeah. A little different. Uh, but I didn't want to corner myself. I didn't, I didn't want to, I talked, you know, I've lived baseball for 28 years. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to talk about other stuff. So, but which brings me to my first topic with you that I've, I've been curious with myself is how did you get started? I came across you on Twitter. So just a little background people, me and Mark became friends via Twitter. Uh, how I guess a lot of things happen nowadays. Uh, we became friends on Twitter. I just started, you know, I saw a lot of his tweets, you know, he's a very popular man on Twitter and YouTube uh, and uh, tweeted back and forth a bunch of times, about the Mets and other arbitrary baseball things. And then eventually started a baseball show, which maybe we can start again uh, come uh, next summer. Okay. Uh, but, and now we've been, we've been friends, talked, talked baseball, but I don't know how you got your start. I, I've known you for less than a year now. So how, how did it happen? Yeah. So, I mean, like, you want the long story or the short story? Medium story. Medium story. Okay. So, uh, you know, in high school, I fooled around on YouTube, but I didn't do baseball stuff. I did like FIFA, like for the video game, um, just because like, that's kind of what was popular at the time on YouTube. And I like I love really, FIFA, by the way. Oh, it was so much fun back Phenomenal then. Like, game. Now a little different for me, but like, I remember the glory days. Like yeah, you know, of course, everybody of course. has that, but I was like super into it then did it, went to college and kind of like, didn't have my baseball anymore. Cause I played baseball in high school and was like so into it then. So I needed my fix still. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to make YouTube videos about baseball. So it started with MLB the show because there was no real community for just straight up baseball on YouTube at the time. So I was like, okay, let's build the audience this way since there is something here. And then hopefully one day we could transition into what I'm doing now, which is just talking about real baseball. So that was like in 2014 and 15. And then like, I guess last year was like the first time it really started becoming serious and something that I realized like I could make it to my job and do hopefully for the rest of my life. Um, because like what I was doing, you know, going to spring training, I had 40,000 subscribers. And then by the end of the year, I was at like one, 
120 or 130. So Damn. yeah, I mean, it was a quick blow up and at perfect timing because graduating college, it was like, okay, I either have to get a real job or I keep doing what I'm doing. And I was like, well, it's, it's working. Like, let's stick with this. Let's keep going with this. And then, you know, if you survive through COVID, you could probably survive through anything. So I've, I've gotten lucky that, you know, it seems like this is what I'm going to be doing for a long time. Well, dude, I mean, I am, uh, I'm new to this world. You know, I was a baseball player for 28 years, 27 years, however long, whenever the hell I retired. Um, but I'm kind of getting into this. So I, as uh, most of you might may actually don't know, is I never, we never talked about it on the show. We did is pretty much, I would come on do the show. And then I would just text Mark constantly about trying to ha- figure out what the hell I'm supposed to do about the show. Yeah. <laughs> like I am, I am solid at being able to do content. Yep. The behind the scenes, I am as lost as it gets. Uh, and thankfully, I have shout out Miranda, who uh, helps me in my own stuff. Things you guys see on my Instagram stories and, and what have you. Um, it was all pretty much all Miranda. Uh, although people seem still believe on Twitter that it's me. <laughs> I, I'm not that talented. And I mean, it would be such amateur stuff if I was trying to do this. Uh, oh, yeah. So, but no, I appreciate you, you helping me. I'm, you're going to continue to help me because that's just what friends do now. Um, <laughs> just that's just mandatory now. Uh, I'm be texting you a lot, but that's so interesting, and it's and it's something that I could have seen myself doing. Obviously, now that I'm doing it now, I could have seen myself doing at post college. Yeah, I've never been, and it seemed you strike me as the same type of guy based off that story. Uh, that I've never been that nine to five. Uh, nothing against that. And yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put negativity on that or a negative connotation on that. If that's what you enjoy doing, God bless you. Good. You know, a lot of people love that, that type of work. Um, not for me, seemingly not for you either. No. Um, and it's, it's, I think people have a hard time like making the leap of trying it. Yes. Uh, I had a bouncer yesterday, two days ago, let's say, right. Two days ago on Wednesday, I had a bouncer come up to me yesterday on that day. And it's like, dude, you gotta stop. You gotta, you just stop making TikToks. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I originally, originally I thought I was like, you know, just guys giving each other shit. Yeah, yeah. And then I, and then I was like, ah, yeah, you know, TikTok, you know, you got to yeah, try these things. Blah, blah. And then he's like, no, no, they suck. You got to stop doing this. <laughs> oh them. man. I was like, wow, that's aggressive. We really went all in here. Uh, and I don't know if he's having a bad day or what. Uh, but so I was like, so then like when, all right, you're being a dick to me. So I'm gonna be a dick back. And so now I was like, well, Oh, I didn't, I was like, how many Instagram, I don't care how many followers you have. How many Instagram posts do you make in a year? Uh, four, about, about four, he said. Okay, that's all right. And then I was like, how many, do you have a TikTok? No. Twitter? No. Okay, so you're, you're on, so you're, your Instagram is everything. Yeah. So you're coming from such a, a place of ignorance. Yep. It, you might, this turn, this advice of stop making TikToks could end up being right. And believe me, some of my <laughs> views would tell me to stop making them too. But it'd be dumb for me to listen to you. You have no, any intelligence in the matter whatsoever. Yeah. It would be, it would be a dumb move on my part to listen to you. But I think a lot of people, a lot of people feel that same way about people who try these things. Well, I mean, like even for like the best example for me is, you know, when I'll come up with a title or I'll come up with a thumbnail and people are like, Oh, that's such a bad title or such a bad thumbnail. I go, here's the thing, guys, I'm going to handle the content and I appreciate you watching, but that's kind of where I wanted to stop. I don't want your opinion on this or that, unless I ask you for it. But if I'm not asking, I really don't care what you think about my title or my thumbnail or this or that, because at the end of the day, if it's producing and it's still getting the views, it's still getting the clicks, 
your opinion on whether it was good or not doesn't matter because the stats and the numbers tell me otherwise. It's like, I, this is my job. I don't come to your job and tell you how to do paperwork or how to flip burgers. Like, that's just not how it's going to work. No, but I mean, this is the job and this is what we talk about in baseball constantly, man. It's such a similar, similar industry in the sense that you're under public scrutiny all the time. And seeming like, you know, especially in this particular industry, we are trying to become under public scrutiny more yes. and more. We're trying to get more and more people to come in. Uh, and the more haters you get, the, more, the probably the better you're doing. Definitely. Um, but it is, it, it is so interesting. It's, it's the balls on people, in my opinion. Uh, and nothing, I like this bouncer. He's a cool dude. Like I haven't, I, know some, I like having drinks with the guy, but uh, the, I could never, and maybe it's just me growing up. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but I could never go and speak on something that I am, you know, unintelligent. I have not done any research in, I have not done anything. About, I could never go and speak on that. Like if that same person to you said that, Hey, this tale sucks, but it would have to be like Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Who's had, you know, a decade, two decades of experience and obviously knows what the hell he's doing. First off, Gary would never say it that way. Yeah. But let's just say, for example, for the argument's sake that he did, your response probably be a lot different. It'd be like, well, oh, yeah. be like, all right, Gary, come on, say it a little better than that. You'd probably be like, break it down for me. Like, why do you think it sucks? Because like, clearly you know how to make things viral. You know how to get as much attention as possible. Tell me how I could fix it. But like from somebody who's like, you know, on Twitter, I see it's like, you've got two followers and it's like, not that you're not important, but in the scheme of what I'm trying to do, your opinion really doesn't have any like leg to stand on because you don't have any proof as to why you would be you know, credible. Seriously. Johnny boy, five, seven, eight yeah. means nothing. <laughs> no, it's just like, it's like, it's, it's that weird medium of like, you don't want to be disrespectful, but also at the same time, it's like, you, you really don't know what you're talking about. Please stop. <laughs> like literally zero. Clue. The amount of people that come up to me. And again, I, I translate this stuff to stuff in my own life. The amount of people that come up to me at the bar and tell me, Hey Pat, you got to do this at green rock, man. Y'all it'll kill. It'll kill. Be, oh, really? And like in my head, I'm like, well, how many bars you, <laughs> you yeah. ran? None. That makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. totally get that. Like it's it's these these new there's nuances to these things that you have no clue about unless you've tried them yourself. Yeah. And I mean, the amount of things that I learned from you in a month about YouTube, it, you know, YouTube is such a different animal than, yeah. than the other ones are. No, it's and, crazy. You know, people don't, you know, people don't give a shit that I played baseball in big leagues. I mean, some people are like, oh, okay, maybe check this guy out. But in reality, like no one cares. Like it's either you're making good content or you're not. Yeah. And like for me, I like I talked about before, like where I was at 40K and then I made that jump. There was like this one drive that I had. I went to a game in Atlanta to watch the Braves versus the Mets shout out to the Braves for giving me great tickets that day better than the Mets ever gave me but uh the Braves they gave me like I was on my drive back to South Carolina so it was like three and a half hours and I'm driving and I'm putting on a podcast and then it's this guy Mr. Beast who's like one of the biggest yeah, YouTube I know Mr. Beast. seen his names so he was talking about you know like what he does what his ideas and his vision is with his titles thumbnails and everything and he basically like it clicked for me all in that day like when he was talking about his stuff talking about how like there's three things YouTube cares about. They want people to click on your videos. They want them to watch it. And then they want them to watch another video afterwards. So basically like, how can you get people to click your videos, watch them, and then move on to the next one as much as possible that like clicked in my head. And like, since then, that's like literally when my channel took off, like you could almost have a direct correlation. I was like, people sometimes overthink it. Like it's, it's not that hard, but at the same time, like you do have to put in the work, you have to think about it properly. It's not just going to come to you. No. It's definitely not just going to come to you. It's yeah. it, again, it's, it's all about like, I've had, again, the, the TikTok stuff, like, yeah, some of my TikToks have, have been horrible. Of course, <laughs> I know that I understand that, 
but I don't have some bad ones. I don't understand TikTok yet. Yeah. And I don't, I'm getting a better understanding as we go along and all that stuff. And I, I'm not a 15 year old girl that can do dances. No, <laughs> not my thing. Although that might do well if I started doing them, but, <laughs> but you're learning, but there's been, you know, there've been a few that have hit well, that have yeah. done well. And now I, but I would never have those if I never started and tried to do right. things. The toughest part always is to start. Yeah. You know, how, how many months could I have been ahead of the game right now if I didn't, if I, instead of just downloading TikTok to watch TikToks, I actually started doing things, trying to finagle things. Like Gary's had, had like probably eight months on me yeah. on TikTok and he doesn't do any dances. No. I didn't care about dances, but like it's about doing. If you, if you do things, you will eventually learn them. And if you're good enough at it, once you learn how to do it, if you're good enough at executing that, you become popular or whatever you're doing. Yeah, that's Same what I'm a lot of people on the outside don't see, they don't see like all the times that like, you know, when you eventually do get to that, you know, size and thing where people are like, Oh, you made it, blah, blah, whatever it is. People don't remember, you know, all the times where you had like those 1000 view videos or like the videos just completely. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'd be happy about the 1000. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but then, you know, when you're getting, when you get a little more than that and then people are like, Oh man, like, look at this video. It has like 800 views on it. It's like, no one remembers those when you get to the part that you're at, but like, that's where everybody starts. No one overnight just becomes, you know, million views. And it's not that easy. I know. I know on Instagram. I'm, I, I remember when I first got a hundred likes on a picture and then I, uh, you know, this is when I was posting like family pics. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Instagram's obviously become a little bit more of a thing for me now. Uh, and, uh, now, if I get, if I don't, if I get like 500, I'm like, damn, that sucked. Yeah. That was, that was it's horrible. Like, it's crazy how it changes, right? Like, I know. The like if it doesn't get you excited. You if it doesn't get a thousand plus, I might as well pack it up and call it a day. <laughs> like, well, that it was, was horrible. My time. <laughs> yeah. It is. It, perspective changes everything and how you, how you kind of finagle things and make things better for yourself. Um, but again, it's just, it's always, it's always been interesting to me how people just don't, don't get and social media is still in the, it's still in its infancy in the thought that it is although it's getting more mainstream and people everyone you see you think everyone's making a podcast and everyone's yeah. doing, in reality very few people in the world are actually starting to make podcasts very few people are trying to make it on social media most just watch yeah so it's 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 still where like oh yeah he's trying to be trying to be big on instagram well that's stupid yeah. oh, of course of course he would of course he would try to do that like no like there's a legitimate opportunities here. Yeah. You're all leaving on the table, um, which you could easily do in your spare time. Yeah. And like usually it takes time, but yeah. And like you said, like you, you could tell like not traditional nine to five guys, like for us, this is like an option that's like very viable for us to do. Why would we want to like work a job that we don't like, as opposed to trying to do something that we do. And if it works even better, we get to do it. Like, yeah, yeah it, it's a no brainer. I mean, doing a podcast with you at noon on a Friday, which I'm releasing on Monday, is is so much more fun. So much than, more fun. So much more fun than crunching numbers or whatever it is that you're doing or, you know, doing whatever you do and then going home and trolling people like me and you. Yeah. is is just so much more enjoyable. Uh, and I, I don't, for the life of me, well, I guess I do. It, it's, it is out of the norm still. It is not your traditional. I remember my mom, when I was done playing baseball, she wanted me to get my degree, which I did. And then she was like, well, you should go get a job now. Yeah. And I was like, no, <laughs> there's no way I can go do that. Now. I, first of all, I hate listening to people um, that I don't think like are just gonna be like, I, if someone yelled at me at my job, I'd be like, I'd be like, 
you know, fuck off, man. Like, yeah. what are you kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yell no, at me? Absolutely not. <laughs> yes, that's not how this works. Uh, so it's just, I would, it's not, it's not something I would do well in. Uh, but also, like, I want to go do something I'm going to enjoy. They, I remember yeah. someone said it was like, like your job is going to take up like 70% of your life. Yeah. Uh, you should do something you enjoy. And I was like, damn, that is yes, a large portion of my life. I need, I need to do something. That I'm going to enjoy and making videos with Giraffe Deck Mark. That's a thing. That's a yeah. thing I like. That's a thing <laughs> I, like I like. Well, we know we have fun out here. Yeah, listen, it is it is a good time. And we were talking about something, trying to figure out how my thumbnail and my title was more stressful than doing the videos, which is you'd think would be the opposite. I think that'd be the easy part. But I guess when you get that done or down yeah. and you know what you're doing, that is probably one of the easier parts. Just time well, consuming. I think like in going back to like, you know, overthinking stuff and people like coming into it or maybe not knowing, like you would think like, oh, thumbnail title, it's really not that important when like at the end of the day, like almost the stuff in your video is less important than what your title and thumbnail is because like people will fall in love with like your style or will like what you have to say kind of automatically. You can, unless you're saying some crazy stuff, people will tend to at least give you a chance and like, you know, your voice and how you produce things. Mm -hmm. That's where it really comes down to. But like your title and thumbnail, if no one's clicking to begin with, it doesn't matter what you say in your video. So at least give yourself a chance to have them click it. And then hopefully what you got in there, you know, keeps them there. So. Exactly. I, there, was a, there was a guy uh, my brother was talking to me about. And this is actually kind of why we started podcasting. My brother who lives with me uh, does a podcast as well. And there was a guy, I forget his name, but he said that if you, did, you do, do a podcast for 365 days, every single day for a year, you never work another day in your life. And which is a very bold statement. My brother's doing it right now. He's, nice. I don't know how many episodes in he's, <laughs> he's been doing it for a long time. So, um, but I think next, next like July or something or, or, or May maybe is the, like the time where it's one year's up. But okay. he said, he's like, the thought process is one, you'll get better at it. Obviously you'll get better at marketing it. You'll get better at doing the podcast, all of those things. But the other thing is on top of it is similar to what you said with YouTube is that there's so many people in this world there are, you're still a person. There are people out there that think, there's a lot of people out there that think exactly like you. Yep. And that will take a liking to you because they feel similar to you. You just have to get it out there. You just have to, you have to keep doing it and keep doing it. And that's why you say like the, the, the title and all that stuff is important and almost more important than what you put in the, the video because you need those people that think similarly to click on the video. Yep. If they never click on the video, they're never going to know about you. Exactly. And that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like 90% of the battle, maybe even more because my podcast, although I think it's good and it's growing, it's doing its thing. There's more people out there that I know would like my podcast, but it's about getting it to them in a way that makes them want to consume the content as Gary Vaynerchuk would say, it needs yep. to consume content. So it's, it's, it's such an interesting world. And it's so, it's so competitive that it's kind of has that, that baseball mentality of like, you know, yeah, what, you know, no one cares what you did yesterday. Now you, you got to keep producing today. Well, I think that's like why it works so well for guys like, like me and you is because of the competitive thing. Like it's, it's so non-traditionally competitive. You're not really going up against somebody else, but at the same time you're competing with everybody because you, there's only so many minutes in a day that someone can watch a video or listen to a podcast. So you need to make sure that you're a part of those people's minutes every single day where they dedicate the time to that. Mm -hmm. And that's the competitive part. Like, you know, you're trying to compete for their time as opposed to trying to be the best or, you know, this yep. or that. And that's, uh, that, that was another part of the podcast game that I thought was so intriguing was that I remember reading stuff up and I'm a big research guy. So like I, when I do something, I like to go in and, and also try to learn how to get better at it. And one of the things I, I read about was, is like part of the, a big portion of the podcast battle is being consistent with it. 
because people will give you a chance and they'll like you. And now you're in their routine. Yep. You can't break that routine. And you have to have that podcast. Every time you say you're going to have that podcast, they're expecting like my podcast, my podcast come out Monday, Thursday. If you break that, you lose people. Yep. You need, they expecting a Monday AM and a Thursday AM podcast, whenever that is. And when they go to the podcast and expect one, you better have one. Otherwise you break their routine. They might go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's crazy to think that like how many podcasts started this year that are now done after two episodes. Oh, so many. I mean, there's gotta be an insane amount just because like, especially with quarantine, people having all this time now too, of like, eh, we'll try it. And then they give it up and that's the end of it. I, I saw a statistic yesterday, actually, because I was looking because I pr- produced my podcast on Anchor and Anchor is like this free thing. You know, it makes it easy to do, blah, 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 blah. But um, at some point, you kind of, you know, I in the, the research that I've done, they've said that Anchor is great for, for beginner novices and people that, you know, are hobby, you know, just hobbyist podcast guy. And once you get past that stage, okay, you might want to start looking somewhere else. You might want to start looking at places that actually really help you, you know, with better analytics and being able to push yourself and help them help you promote it mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. So I've been looking around. I saw something the other day and they were saying like 98% or something like that of podcasts are abandoned after two episodes. Wow. I'm like, holy 98%. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that is an astronomical number. Yeah. So just getting past two episodes seems like 90% of the battle because you just get on oh, Nikki. Now you're not part of that statistic anymore. And now you're, you're moving. Yep, now you're, it's, a, it's about it. Yeah. You're in, you're in a 2% basically of what the actual podcasts are. You're already in the podcast world. You are now in the top 2% just by producing a third episode. Yeah. It's crazy. That's actually nuts. <laughs> That's insane. That's yeah. insane. And now the more and more you produce, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's a percentage that drop it to three episodes and four episodes. And every episode you produce, it gets you, your, your top percentage goes higher and higher and higher. And next thing you know, you're 400 episodes in and you got a pretty legit podcast. Yeah. But it doesn't happen overnight. You're not going to get them. You know, after two episodes, which I assume a lot of people think you're not going to get a million viewers. No. And like, like I told you with my YouTube, I mean, I started in like 2012 doing my FIFA stuff and then like my baseball stuff started in like 2015 and it took until like 2019, the MLB season, the start of it to really make it into like, Oh, this is going to be my job now. But but you're an overnight success, right? No one sees the last seven years. No, you know, no one saw FIFA videos in 2012 and then MLB videos in 2015. Then all of a sudden 2019 spring training or whatever it happened. Boom. Oh, this guy's cool, man. That must've been cool to hit overnight like that. It it took seven years. It wasn't overnight. It it wasn't overnight. Like I I busted (laughs) my ass for like seven years. And like a lot of times of me being like, maybe this isn't it. Maybe I got to figure out something else. And then like, you know, the one day it happens and you're like, holy shit, it worked. Like we did it. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it's so cool. That's such like a cool thing to have happened. I mean, I, I'm getting excited about TikToks that get me like 10,000 views. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to pitch against, you know, Mike Trout. Yeah. And now I'm excited about t- TikTok. It's the most ridiculous thing, but it's so, it's like, it's fun. And it's fun to try to produce and execute things and see if people like it. Yep. And I, I think, again, that's very, and we're both very similar in that manner. And uh, I think it's, it's, we'll probably be doing work together for the next 50 years because I don't think, I don't see either of us uh, stepping away from this game in the, in the near future. No, I have I think, no plans on that. Yeah, no, neither do I. I think this is, I mean, it's just, it's just too much fun. But the other, on the, on the flip side of that, you also have to understand where your time is going. And I was so conscious, conscientious of that with doing work with you 
in the sense that I was like, all right, Mark's, you know, he's a legit guy. He's got, you know, 140,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's got this, this, and this going. I, I got to make sure when I do things with him that it's, it's, we we're, we're, we're on track. We're scheduling it out. We're doing what we need to do. And we're moving on because we're both busy people. You know, I'm trying to run two restaurants and do all this stuff. You're trying to do all your YouTube stuff and then help me out. Like it was a whole different thing. And it's like, but those, that's part of the game is, is knowing where your time goes. You know, I had a, had a, I'm not, we'll mention the, the company, but I had someone want to do a baseball podcast with me. We agreed to it. And then as to, to start doing some test episodes and things like that. And then as we moved along, I was a little concerned about their business philosophy. So I kind of, we started talking about it and we didn't mesh at all. And thank yeah. God I started talking about it early because that would have went really poorly if we kept going. Now yeah. we can remain friends and, you know, good business relationships and you, know, you never want to burn a bridge. Uh, but Knowing where, because when you get into this, especially a, a guy like your status, you get pulled in a lot of different directions, I'm sure. Yeah. And knowing where the, the where, what direction bears the most fruit is part of the game too. Yeah. There's like been some stuff coming up for me that like, you know, I'm not going to say too much stuff, but like, you know, maybe this opportunity or another opportunity. And it's like, I have to weigh how much time it's going to take out of my day. How much is that going to take away from my YouTube? Is this really going to be worth it? you know, monetarily or, you know, helping grow my presence, like in the baseball world, like there's so much stuff that you have to factor in. And that's not like really what you remember or like what you did when you started, you were just like, I want to do this. And that's, I'm going to be happy with that for the rest of your life. But then you're like, but then I could do this and I can make more and I can get more people to watch my videos through yeah. this. It's crazy how like deep this stuff can get. The competitiveness, man, there's never enough, and, nope. but it's fun. But as long as it's fun, it's not like, it's not an unhealthy competitiveness. Yeah. It's, it's good. And it is, it is, it's, it's so unique in trying to figure out what is going to help you grow. What's not going to help you grow. What's going to help you monetarily grow. You know, you know, people don't want to talk about money's important guys. Like, you know, if you're not going to, if you're not going to dish out the dough, like, all right, now you got to provide value elsewhere to to people like me and you. And sometimes they can't provide enough. No. Yeah. It's like, you know, I love what I do, but also at the same time, if I wasn't able to make this my job, I wouldn't be going as hard as I am on it. So it's like, yeah, I wouldn't be spending every single day making videos if there wasn't something that I was getting out of it. Like, yes, of course, I love being able to have a voice, you know, in baseball through YouTube and Twitter and all that stuff. But if at the end of the day, if there was no money being made, it would be really hard for me to continue to work as hard as I am because I have to also make sure that I have money in my pockets and yeah, you got to pay your bills and bills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a company reach out to me um, to try to, to go on their app and, and do that and bring my audience and this whole thing. Right. And uh, I was talking to them and I was just like, listen, I, I, I sent them Matt, like, I'm not, you know, pussyfooting around this stuff anymore. Like I, I ask for what I want. So I said, you know, any, what's the monetary gain out here with all this type of stuff. And they said, well, we have, we have sponsors set up that, um, you, that you can work with them and then boom, I was like, all right, so sponsors, that's cool. I was like, well, what, how do you, do you get paid per video? Do you get paid something? You know, what do you, what are you getting paid? And they said, well, uh, you do your videos and you have the people there, you know, your audience, all that stuff there. And then if people click on the ad and could, you have to convert them, they have to yeah, buy something, so you get a percent unbelievably hard so hard <laughs> converting immediate conversion yeah it's like impossible impossible so i told him i was like okay well unless you're giving me an upfront money for each video that i post there's you have no chance i'm not gonna work hard to bring to build pretty much make your app better yeah i'm so happy you're saying this because yes. so many people who are like you know not are in a smaller scenario and like they don't see that like you're basically doing free work free work you're not going to get anything 
it, 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 it's, it's mind blowing to me. And when they ask, when they, when they say these things, Oh, well, no, we don't have an upfront. I was like, all right, well, you have to go somewhere else because then you don't have me. <laughs> no, cause I, I'm, it's going to be me. That's building your, your, your app. It's yeah. me pushing people, driving my audience that I've worked hard for, for, for you for the last seven years. For me, I probably tried on, started trying on Instagram and Twitter for the last four years. So all that work now, I'm just, I'm just there to help you for free. Yeah. Like that's an immediate conversion. The thing about marketing, and I'm going to get into, we're diving into a rabbit hole here. But the thing about marketing that I have learned is that those big companies, when you see commercials on TV, you hear them on podcasts, all these, they're not trying, you know, you don't hear a Bud Light Seltzer commercial and be like, oh, damn it, totally forgot. I'm just going to go buy a Bud Light Seltzer immediately. That's not yeah. how that works. No. They, all they want is name recognition. So next time you're in a liquor store, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to try that new Bud Light Seltzer. Yeah. And without those commercials, those things don't happen or they don't happen as often. So the immediate conversion is impossible. Yep. It's absolutely impossible to really to, to get have that happen. No one's and no one's coming to watch a video of me and being and wanting to be like, okay, let's what's he selling? Let's let's buy it now. <laughs> no, and that's why I like, you know, impressions are always like the huge, huge yes. thing. And it's just like for us on Twitter or YouTube or that. Like at the end of the day, like on Twitter, you want to be as seen as most or as much as physically possible. So even if the person doesn't follow or like your tweet or retweet it, they saw your name, maybe the next time they go, Oh yeah, that's right. I like this guy. And they see it more and more. And then they eventually follow or they eventually retweet it because it's just about seeing the name over and over and over again. I'm not asking you to follow on every tweet, which is basically what that immediate conversion would be in terms yep. of Twitter. It was like, Hey, follow me. And I'd be like, well, <laughs> why? Like, I just, I just saw you for the first time. I'm not going to follow you. Like, yeah. I know nothing about you, but it is. It's, in, it's, in, it's insanity. And, and again, I can't, I don't want to, you know, bash people because people don't know. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. But it, I believe if you're a business reaching out to me, you need to know this. You need to have research done before you come to me with a, with a, an agreement or like a deal. You need to have done your research to know exactly what a brand should be paying uh, a company or myself, or I guess you could say it's the Pat Light brand. You know, you need to know, understand what, is going to be asked of you. And if you don't think that it's worth a monetary value to help grow something for you, you're wrong. Yeah. You got to spend money to make money. And like, you do. It, especially like I had a business in the past with like FIFA stuff. And at, at the start, I was like an 18 year old kid. And I was like, Oh, like maybe these guys will just make the videos for free. And very quickly I learned like, no, they need to get paid. And like, I understand that they have this value because they will bring in this or they will bring in that. Like you got to spend the money up front with the idea that it's going to come back at some point. And yes. it, people sometimes don't realize that. No, almost no one realizes it from what I'm understanding yeah. <laughs> besides, besides brands. Like, like yeah. you know, when I go out for, when I, you know, I pitch my podcast a decent amount to liquor, to, to not li well, liquor is part of it, but to uh, brands to, you know, have sponsor and all that stuff. Um, and I have very specific, you know, you know, brands I prefer to sponsor me. Uh, shout out Glenn Levitt Scotch. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but there it's, it's all, first of all, it's all about impressions, like you said. And these are the companies that get what they're trying to do. Yep. Like there is a, there is a, there's a target. There's a reason what they're trying to do. And then if you get there, if you can do that for them, they'll pay you handsomely for it. Yes. And then there's the other side where, you know, these company, these apps or this app was mind blowing to me. I always go back to it because it was, they had, like, they talked about all the funding they had and all this other stuff. I was like, okay, if you got all this funding, whereas the app game is very expensive, yep. but 
uh, beside that, where's the rest of the funding going? If you can't pay me, is the, is the rest of the funding going into the CEO and the, these, yeah. <laughs> these entrepreneurs' pockets? Is that where this is going? Because this is going to fail really quickly and all that funding is going to go down the yeah. tubes uh, because you don't have a concept of business or you just don't know. You just, or you're just trying to make, steal money from people. I don't know. Yeah, which is also a possibility too, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we tried to get these people. They just didn't want to come on for the job we had. Yeah. So I made my $300,000 in three years for this app, and now I'm leaving. See, that sucks. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <Yeah. laughs> Whoops. But anyway, we could probably, me and you for sure could probably talk about this forever. Uh, real quick, I know we, we, I was, that was supposed to be the real quick portion. <laughs> This was supposed to be a little bit longer, but I, my, my, my uh, audience clamors for me to talk baseball. Yeah. Uh, they love the, the baseball world. And uh, as much as I'd like to talk business, I always, you know, give them the low hanging fruit every now and again. Uh, so we'll talk a little Mets because I don't want to talk about the Red Sox. They suck. Uh, the Mets, you got Uncle Steve. Yes, we did. Yes, we how did. How excited, scale of one to 10, how excited are you? So I saw like, the champagne video, by the way. Yes, about a thousand, I think, <laughs> is probably the pro- proper way to say it. Like, I don't know, he be- when he officially became the owner, because I think the champagne video was when like the news broke, but then it was like a couple days later until like the papers were signed and everything. Yes. And I remember I like woke up that day, I saw the tweet, I was like, it's sunny outside. It's sunny in 70. It's been raining for the past two weeks. The, the gods know Steve Cohn's the owner of the Mets, the literal dark cloud that is the Will Ponds has been lifted off the city of New York the day that Steve Cohen signed. Like it was beautiful and sunny out. So like me and my roommate, both big Mets fans, we talk about like, we wake up every day, like just kind of happy. Like, <laughs> wow, this is great. Like we have a shot at signing JT Ramuto, George Springer, Trevor Bauer. Like the, I, we haven't been in a conversation for top free agents in what feels like so long. That the fact that we might not get a single one, but that we're being talked about maybe getting them, like I can't stop smiling ear to ear. Now, personally, from a baseball experience, and you, you know, you have my own experience in baseball, and you can talk because I haven't followed the Mets and the moves that Steve Cohen has made or has not made uh, since he's been in the, you know, I've been in office. It's like the president yeah. uh, since he has been, uh, since he bought the Mets. There has to be. So in my opinion, severe executive and, and decisions and, and changes in that front office. And I hope that they're coming or if they, they have already come um, specifically, you know, with going after the right free agents, you know, signing for the right deals, things like that. And then all the way down to how injury prone your entire organization has been for the last decade. Uh, it is, or you guys have had one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, in my opinion, for quite some time now, but no one can ever pitch besides Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. So it's, it, that stuff needs to be talked about. Has there been changes made? Yeah. So uh, they got Sandy Alderson in place yep. to be the president. And well, you're, I assume you're happy with that. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Would definitely. you have been more happy with Theo Epstein? No, really? So please, please tell me why. So here's why okay. Theo Epstein would get me what I so desired most. And that's a world series. Yes, he would, but he will leave us in shambles because he did it with the Red Sox. He left them in a pretty horrible situation. Mm-hmm. And then he did it with the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs are going to be pretty horrible probably for the next five years, especially like they got rid of Schwarber now. looks like they're going to try to trade Chris Bryant. Baez is a free agent. Rizzo is a free agent. We don't know who they're going to sign. We don't know if they're going to sign any of them. And they have literally no farm system. I mean, nobody in that farm system. So yes, they got their World Series and that's what he was brought in to do. He does that so well. He can get you a win, but he hemorrhages your future without a doubt. And as much as, you know, I want the World Series for the Mets, we're not at 100 years yet, so I can, you know, I can pump okay. the brakes a little bit and give Sandy Alderson and Steve Cohen some, some trust there. But, yeah, I mean, like, 
Sandy knows what he's doing. He's kind of the reason why we got like, you know, those great pitchers in the 2015 or year or whatever, like Matt's when he was good, but Harvey, DeGrom, Syndergaard, all those guys were him, Sandy Alderson guys. Um, we're looking for a GM. That's what's scaring me a little bit is that we don't have one yet. And it seems like people are a little hesitant to come to the Mets to be the GM because Sandy is still kind of going to be in charge. And I'm sure a lot of people don't want to be the GM, but not really be in charge at the end of the day. Um, so that's, that's a little worrying, but I wouldn't say it's like a problem yet because at least the Mets look like they have a structure and they have something in place where like, here's how we're going to do it. This is what we're looking for. And that's how it's going to be run. Um, I think like Trevor Bauer even mentioned it in his video on his YouTube channel about like how bait is that Steve Cohen is going to be the owner of the Mets. He goes, just the fact that he said like three or five years, we're going to win a championship because he has a goal in place. A lot of teams don't have that. They go, what do you want to do for the next season? Like I want to win some games. How many? I don't know. We just want to win. And it's like, well, how are you going to do that? Like at least that there's a, how's it the Red Sox? Yeah. Strictly outline goal. Here's what's going to happen. How are we going to do it? This is how we're going to do it. So that's refreshing in of itself from the Will well, Bonds. I will put you uh, even less. I know you're not concerned. You said you're not too concerned yet about the GM. I'll put you even, uh, even more at ease because in my experience in this world, and I played for a little bit for Dave Dombrowski, who was a president like Sandy Austin is. And uh, we had a guy by the name of Mike Hazleton. No, Mike Hazen. Hazelton was my high school basketball coach. Mike Hazen, um, who's now the GM and of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, or was I'm pretty sure he still is, uh, but most of the time it's it's an arbitrary role. It's yeah. uh, the GM. Now that you have Sandy, Sandy's making the moves. Yeah. Uh, the GM is is, is typically speaking, uh, usually promoted from within. Uh, they usually don't go out and hire someone because you're not going to get anyone great uh, for a second tier position. GM yeah. is is it's almost with people who have presidents of baseball operations. GM is, is a meaningless term. It's yeah. your assistant to the general manager now. That's what you are. Um, so it's not really a step up for any GM that's coming from a different organization who does not already have a, a head of baseball operations. What you're going to get really probably is a younger guy who can learn under Sandy and who can now, hopefully if they believe in the Mets and believe in Steve Cohen, who can now, now put in their, under their resume that they were a general manager for a team that possibly won a world series, or at least had several, several playoff years that were a solid contender and then go get himself a, a big time role. Uh, later on. So the GM roles, yeah, I think it's essentially meaningless for the Mets at yeah. this point. Um, unless of course, Sandy Alderson doesn't want to be the president for that many years. And maybe this guy slides in. If he learns under the guy, maybe that's the, the future. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, but just, just the fact that they're at least not rushing to it. I mean, like we had a, an agent as our GM the last couple of years, which was now, the most ridiculous hire I've ever seen in my life, which, but, which made no sense. And you know, like at the time it made no sense. And I tried to give the guy, too. Yeah. I tried to give him like, you know, my best faith. I was like, you know what? He's making the moves. I'm going to, I'm going to believe in him, And it just doesn't work. I mean, yeah. like you got to have someone who at least has a clue. Yeah. Boris Corp was adamant that that was a scummy move. So when they, I, I trust Boris Corp in my life. Yeah. When, when Scotty B said that, I'm, I was like, all right, you're an asshole, man. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I understand trying, maybe trying to go to that side of baseball, but it's weird to come from an agent position, have all those clients and all of a sudden be the Mets GM. It's and then a, you saw he was getting all the old, you know, CAA clients too. Of course. Like, well, now he's got deals. He's yeah. got friends over there. Now it's yeah. a whole thing. Todd Frazier coming back for a second year when we didn't need him at all. I was like, as much <laughs> as you know, the Todd father, he's great in the clubhouse and everything like that move made no sense. <laughs> Zero sense. And I love Todd too. He follows me on Twitter. Shout out Todd. Um, but uh, yeah, you did. You didn't need him. No. It wasn't a move that was necessary. Uh, but he could also see him a lot of times you got these GMs who see the writing on the wall. I'm not sure how he could have seen the writing on the wall, unless he was privy to conversations that the well ponds were selling no matter what. Yeah. 
uh, and he would not be retaining his job. Any one time the Wilpons were selling, there's no way this guy would maintain his job. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he was privy to conversations that we didn't, and he was just going to take care of his guys from the last year and, and move on. Uh, but you know, who knows, who knows about that? And I, again, the Mets are in a position now to be, and I've always really liked the Mets. Yeah. They were a lovable team. We're very, lo- very lovable team. It's very interesting. You know, it's most of the time you can always say that, you know, at least the Red Sox did better than the Mets uh, <laughs> with my friends from Jersey. Yeah. But I, we might be changing that tune here soon. Yeah, I would love to hear that. I'd love to, you know, at least just get back to the playoffs at this point. Like, I, I'm not trying. I always, you know, say the Mets are going to win the World Series every year because that's kind of my thing, of course. But, yes. you know, bring me to the playoffs and just give me that hope again, like of like, oh man, like if we get hot, you never know, because that's really what it comes down to with the playoffs. Too, like, get hot at the right time, you never know. You don't um, ever know. So, yeah, I mean, the idea that we're involved in top free agent talks, we're involved in possibly trading for Francisco Lindor, names like Nolan Arenado, like top players in baseball being linked to the Mets is huge. And I think Trevor May said it best yesterday in his press conference, um, you know, about signing with the Mets. He was like, once I heard Steve Cohen was there and what they were trying to do is like, I wanted to be a part of that. And that's something that I don't think players have said about the Mets in a really long time. That is definitely, definitely true. And Trevor May, phenomenal streamer. Oh yeah. As we, as we know, he's, you know, doing a lot of different things on the the gaming world. Um, and he was a teammate of mine back in Minnesota in 2016 oh, and yeah. he was injured at the time, but um, I, you know, got to know him a little bit. Seemed like a cool dude uh, and uh, hilarious. So I can understand why streaming has done well for him. Yeah. He's good. Uh, so, but yeah, he's coming to come to Queens and, and you know, he's, he's a good pitcher. He can say yeah, healthy. He's, he's going to help us a lot. He's going to help us a lot. Like I was, I think a lot of people, it's hard probably to get excited about a guy like Trevor May just because unless you are deep into baseball, if you're a casual baseball fan, you go, that's another reliever. We have yeah. Diaz, Familia, Batances. How many do you want? But like the idea that now we have even more depth and a guy who is really good and has pitched really well the last couple of seasons, mm-hmm. that's huge to help a team be a playoff team. Enormous. And speaking from the Red Sox, a Red Sox fan and how, how not deep <laughs> oh, our yeah. bullpen is, I can no tell way. you guys, be happy that your bullpen is deep in, in Queens because it is it is not it's not you know it's not rare to not have that and and Boston's dealing has dealt with it in the past couple years and then we just got rid of two of our guys I hopefully we bring you know one of them back and working but yeah. it is and listen the Mets are trending in the right direction uh, and again I think that's probably the first time you can say that in a few years uh, and if those guys can stay healthy Degrom Syndergaard if those guys stay healthy Stroman I mean, too now I mean Roman, I, I didn't see like Stroman coming back with the Wolpons. Yeah, no, I, I think if the Wilpons were there, I think there was no shot. And I think Cohen getting it. I mean, he, he even talked about it. He was like, he got me excited to be a part of this team. And like, it was also the right financial decision for him to make, you know, coming off the injury, take the one-year deal, prove yourself. Um, Definitely. But I think also, you know, coming back like that, he could have taken a one-year deal from another team. That uh, would have been available, I'm sure. I'm sure it was, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy been, with right. Steve Cohen. At least he's getting people wanting to be here. And that's, like we said, that just hasn't happened in a long time. No, it hasn't. Well, listen, Mark, I appreciate it. I haven't done this in, in now. It's been a couple months since we have been able to do this stuff. Oh, yeah. uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Sorry we're closed, man. It's again, like I told you, it's my baby. Uh, just like your YouTube channel probably is your baby. Yep. Um, you know, it's it, it's not quite as big as your YouTube channel, but, you know, it's, it's not yet. Not yet. But it is <laughs> it is it is a baby of mine. And I, I love doing it. So I'm happy. I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. Uh, but you know, running a restaurant sucks sometimes, especially during a pandemic. I would never advise anyone. Here's a fun fact, business guys, business one-on-one, never buy a restaurant pre pandemic. Oh, it's a good mm. one. Yeah. Take that one to the book. You're not gonna learn that in school folks. <laughs> no. <laughs> if, if you know a pandemic is coming, don't buy a restaurant. Avoid at all costs. Avoid. Buy during the pandemic when it's really cheap to buy one. <laughs> 
don't buy it pre when it's as high prices as ever going to be. <laughs> Listen, business one one. That's what we do, people. This is what me and Mark do for the people. We teach. That's why we're here. You're not That's getting entertained. You're also learning. Also learning. Um, well, guys, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention, and uh, Mark, you might, you might have seen this on Twitter. We're doing the 19 days of Christmas at Sorry We're Closed. Uh, starting Monday, we're, we're picking a winner who you know, signs up at um, uh, thepatlight.com. And we're going to give away a Sorry We're Closed space mask, which is, I have one. I think I'm the only one. Maybe Miranda has one. Wear your masks. Yeah, wear your masks, which apparently I just saw on Twitter that Joe Biden, when he gets put in office, or if you're a Trump fan, if he gets put in office, whatever, I don't care what's yeah. politically. But um, uh, he said that him and Fauci are, are possibly going to uh, impose 100, day of, 100 days of mask wearing. So, and, it, and if you win one here, there's boom. your mask. Boom. I have your mask. Although my mother, who's a nurse, says this mask does nothing to protect you and your safety. <laughs> That's beside the point. You know, still you get your mask. You get a signed baseball card for me because I have about a million minor league baseball cards of mine that I don't want. Uh, so I've been trying to figure out a way to get rid of them. And here's your here's my reason. I'm going to start signing them, giving away, and then a little note. I'm sure I'll write a little note to all you guys. Um, tis because tis the season, right? Tis the season. 19 days of uh, Christmas uh, brought to you by Sorry We're Closed. Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. This is my good friend, Giraffe Neck Mark. Uh, you'll check him out on YouTube. Uh, it's Giraffe Neck Mark is the is YouTube channel, correct? Yep, Giraffe Neck Mark everywhere. Giraffe Neck Mark, that makes my life a whole lot easier when trying to you know, <laughs> plug you. Uh, Giraffe Neck Mark on all social media platforms. I'm sure he's probably on LinkedIn even, as Gary Vaynerchuk is now pushing <laughs> LinkedIn for people and Tumblr. You can find him everywhere. Um, and until next time, guys, I'll see you at the bar. Thank you so much for listening to the Sorry We're Closed podcast. Go subscribe to our email chain over at thepatlight.com and follow us on all social media. Until next time, guys, I'll see you at the bar. Sorry, we're closed.